0: If you're a fan of the hip-hop genre, I feel like there's a lot of different reasons why you could be invested into this beautiful genre. One of them may be for the party and turn-up songs and tracks that you might get from certain rappers, or maybe there are certain tracks that follow a certain narrative or a storyline and more in-depth writing that you could actually indulge into and grab a real-life or maybe fictional story from. And in today's episode, guys, Lou and I wanted to do something very special. Because I'm not sure about you, Lou, but for myself, one of the big reasons why I invested my time into hip-hop was because of the writing and also the storytelling. So in today's episode, Lou and I brought in a different rotation of different storytelling tracks that you guys could go through. Maybe some of them you've heard, maybe some of them you haven't. But nonetheless, it's still going to be very interesting to go through track through track and just kind of enjoy what this hip-hop genre has to offer as far as storytelling goes. And guys, before we actually get into this episode, we're going to be dropping episodes like this every single Tuesday, guys. It's been a pleasure to do these for you. Um, Just seeing the reception on the audio podcast is always beautiful. You guys are coming in every single Tuesday supporting us and just indulging into the different types of conversations that we have exclusively on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you guys want to follow your audio experience. So guys... With that being said, smash the follow button and leave us a little review. It always helps us. And let us know, maybe in the Q&A, what do you guys want to see next from us? Any recommendations? Any topics of conversation? What should we be covering? Let us know. But Lou, how do you like storytelling tracks and what makes a good storytelling track for you? I think what makes a good storytelling track for me is an artist
1: often talking in their first person point of view that makes me really gain a connection to the artist just because you know they're really immersing you into that story they're taking you with them for that journey that they're breaking down so that's always been important to me um something else that I've really enjoyed is let's say a song like like Death Row East off of Kings is East 2 by Nas which is an example of like here's a moment in history that I'm gonna take you on a trip down memory lane with me for you know like sort of Telling these tales from the past that were never fully explored or never really tapped into, um, that's something else that I look for when it comes to storytelling tracks. And, I mean, ultimately, you said it best at the beginning, the writing is so important. You know, how vivid can you paint this picture? How detailed can it be? And can it play out like a movie in my head? That's really the most fucking important thing for me is can I visualize these words
0: and set... Um, I guess, a sequence of events or scenes in my own head. Absolutely. Also, when we were in high school, what was interesting is that when we remember, I'm not, I'm not sure if you remember this, when we were going through all the different types of literary techniques, right? And we had to learn, let's say, stuff like flashback or um, let's say stuff like imagery, um, all of those types of different things. What's interesting now is looking back all these years later, I'm able to connect the dots with certain rap songs that I used to study with, let's say, in our English and Rich class back at Pearson. And I'm like, well, shit, not only does this story have maybe uh, much better imagery, but it also has the literary technique of flashback, or it has this literary technique. So for myself too, I feel like I get to kind of nerd out and I get to really go into depth with certain types of tracks. And that's what I look for is that... I don't necessarily look for the most complicated sort of storytelling with the most, you know, let's say vocabulary words being used. Like I don't really care about that. For myself, like you said, it has to be a straightforward picture from start to finish and in which whatever whichever way the artist deserves or let's say not deserves but chooses to do that I'm fine mm-hmm. with. So, for myself, I didn't bring in the obvious ones. You know, you have the Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst. You guys have the Free Rise Eyes Only, um, the Mona Lisa's. I, I mean, I could go on and on with the most popular ones. Brent, you know, Brent Has Got a Baby's another big one as Children's well. Children's Story
1: by Slick Rick. I, absolutely. There's you a have lot of classics. Staples. But yeah, we wanted to kind of give you guys a rotation of songs that, like like I said, you might have heard, some that you maybe never heard. And there's a lot of artists, like besides the Eminems, besides the Nazir Joneses, that really have a full catalog of amazing storytelling tracks that aren't explored often enough, so we, we kind of wanted to bring some light onto those, but yeah, let's get started. What did you bring in first,
0: bro? Well, speaking about a big artist, you were talking about Eminem. Actually, my first one comes to me. I have Eminem. an Eminem one as well. I have As the World Turns by Eminem off nice. the Slim Shady LP. Okay. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring this in is because I could have brought in, let's say, a Like a Toy Soldier, or let's say Mocking a Mockingbird. Bird. Um, I could have brought in a Stan, absolutely. A, a catalog full of incredible storytelling songs and i feel like eminem does really strive when it comes to his imagery and storytelling so depictive always really relatable when it comes down to his writing and really immersing you onto the scene and if you guys don't know uh, the song as the world turns off, off the slim shady lp this is arguably his most important song to the slim shady alter ego because it's kind of like what introduced the slim shady alter ego because once you get to the end of the song that's the full transition of when he becomes Slim Shady and that's the transition from Marshall Mathers to Slim Shady and um, I could go into depth with the writing with it and kind of give you guys a synopsis of it but I want you guys to do that for yourselves and that's what I'm going to kind of do within this episode I'm going to actually give some context behind
1: some of the stories I I think I'm not going to like a lot of these have endings Which I don't want to reveal those, but in terms of like what the songs are actually about, I I will be going into some of that.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, to kind of do that with As the World Turns, as I mentioned before, it's the introduction to Slim Shady and like the origin story of how it came to be. And it's super funny because it kind of takes place in this rundown part of town going through the laundromat. And, you know, there's like an arch villain throughout it. So, if I I want you guys to listen to it for yourselves because it's really fun to go through. As far as the verses go, there's fucking two killer verses put together, and even at that, um, as the world turns is... Kind of a play on all the old soap operas that come through with it, and that's how the chorus kind of forms out. So, that's another little cool Easter egg throughout it, but arguably one of the most important storytelling songs within Eminem's career.
1: Absolutely, and I think when it comes to Eminem, I don't know about you, but I like when he makes stories up. Like, I, I like when shit's based on fiction and it comes from the creativity of his own mind, because even looking at a song like Kim or looking at a song um, like Brain Damage, like just get well, actually, Brain Damage was, I guess, somewhat based on reality, but also with. Um, a chain of events that was fictionalized but just to say it's cool to see Eminem and the creativity of his mind even looking at a song like Darkness later on in his career it's just been a pleasure to know that that's an aspect of his craft that he's maintained literally from the beginning of his career up until now. And that's the next song I'm going to go into is starting off at the beginning of his career, Murder, Murder by Eminem. I don't know if you're familiar with this or if you've listened to it recently, but this was actually a song that was on the Slim Shady EP, which was cut from the Slim Shady LP. It was like in contention to make it. And then he decided to give it to the the soundtrack for the movie Next Friday instead. But this is an amazing track. Um, what's cool about this track is that you're sort of getting really the the early version of Slim Shady to the fact where it's like, you could tell within his tone that he's not fully turned Slim Shady yet. He's sort of still workshopping the character, but he still does use like... Some classic motifs that you'd find in your Slim Shady storytelling tracks, like for example, the sound effects of bones crushing and those types of cinematic details that really make you mm-hmm. feel like the scene is real. Um, apart from that, you're pretty much getting Eminem rapping about two different uh, crimes that he's committed, and it sounds like a 12 year old going crazy on GTA, bro. Like it's going, it's him going on like this dumbass killing spree, um, and. At the end of the day, what's cool is that he tries to almost add some empathy for the character, saying, oh, I'm doing these crimes to support my daughter, and he's trying to almost humanize the Slim Shady character, which I found really interesting because you don't always get that with these Eminem cuts. Um, and not only is like the story compelling, but Eminem's lyricism is on full display here. Um, and also, like the comedic value behind these Eminem Slim Shady cuts are often undermined because within a song like this, you'll hear Eminem rapping about... Um, jumping, jumping kids that are riding tricycles you know what I yeah. mean like just the, the most absurd shit you know you what I find so of?
0: cool about Eminem's uh, approach to storytelling is that he actually still uses ad-libs to be able to further add on to the story so example I'm not sure if this is in Murder Murder but at least for as the world turns um, he'll add like certain screams and sound effects yep. within his own voice and he'll use that as ad-libs to further add context to the scene and I feel like that's really something he does well to add imagery into his tracks and it's just so incredible for the writing a bit and yeah I think Starting off with Eminem for this episode is really is the best place you guys could go to. You know, it's it's entertaining. Yes, it's accessible, but it's some of the best storytelling you'll access throughout the entire genre. What
1: about you though? Do you prefer the Eminem um, of and as the world turns, or of a Stan or Darkness, or do you prefer the more reality based Castle of Rose type of Eminem? Cleaning out my closet, Eminem.
0: Like a beautiful sort of vibe yeah. as well. I, I appreciate them gone. both for I appreciate them both for what they are. I feel like they have equally as an importance in his catalog because it shows you the different types of characters that he built up throughout the years. And that's more of the human Marshall Mathers LP sort of Eminem that you you know come to find. And you have something like, let's say, The Way I Am, for example, that's technically still a storytelling track to a certain extent. To some degree. To some degree, but it's more focused around Eminem, the rapper himself. So I, I feel like... Always throughout my life, I gravitated more towards the Slim Shady yeah. um, alter ego just because of the comedic value that also gets launched into the storytelling um, and even going on to something like Guilty Conscious. That's another incredible one. You know, I'm sure you've gone through this if you're listening to this podcast, but he just has unlimited amounts of storytelling tracks. Super influential to this area of hip hop as well.
1: Absolutely. Okay. What do you have for us next? Where do you want to go?
0: Where do you want to go? Let me know. Where do you want to go? Um, okay. You know what? Let me go on to this next one. And this might... You know, I know you're a big fan of this song as well because I played it in front of you. Um, This is going to be Knowledge God off of Only Built for Cuban Links. Nice. Um, This is going to be coming us from Raekwon and uh, incredible production by Riz all the way throughout as well. Um, I believe this is track number three right after Knuckleheads as well. So if you guys have never gone through Only Built for Cuban Links, one of the greatest hip-hop albums ever. And what's interesting is that I wanted to give you guys maybe a different style of storytelling and more of like the mafioso, gangster rap sort of storytelling that you might come to find from a biggie for example but this is a very interesting um, story because if you actually pay attention to it this is actually based on a true story and it follows the story um, of an old New York gangster and he used to have a storefront and he used to sell cocaine throughout it and it basically takes you throughout the story tales of what you're going through and knowledge gods also stands for kilograms which stands for, obviously, kilos when you're moving cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so I love the connection of it. I love the imagery throughout this because Raekwon is giving you two incredible verses um, squished together with, obviously, an incredible chorus all throughout. And um, I believe the name of the gangster, if you guys want to do a bit more of homework after you guys listen to it, um, is Mike Lavagna. And he owned a store, I believe it was... Hold on a second. Mike awesome. Lavagna, he's an Italian guy? Yes. Yes okay it's not giving because i'm on genius right now going through the annotation see if you guys could find uh mike lavagna boom
1: did you find anything mike lavagna um i spelt it with like L- mike lasagna like with the with the gna is that how you spell it with the gna
0: um i'm not sure right okay i have it here yeah um no, here, I, I don't find anything if Kashmir. last year my team taught goddies and Anyways, you guys would have to uh you guys would have to go like do your research by yourself. But Mike Lavonia. Lavonia.
1: Lavonia. Okay, Lavonia. Okay, let's look this up now. Mike Lavonia. No, still nothing. Still um, nothing? No. But what comes up when I search that is um is knowledge god is the actual track. So
0: from what I did with like my research, I got this off Beach Rhymes and Lists as well just to do some further research. Mm. Apparently it is a true story and this gentleman did own a store. So that's fire, yeah. So I, I can't confirm if that's true or not. Based on my research, it seems like it's part fictional but also part true story. Uh but I just wanted to give you guys maybe a bit more of a different type of storytelling track that focuses a bit more on like the mafioso um and cocaine side of hip hop music that was super prominent throughout the nineties and the two thousands. So um, just another recommendation, for and guys. I, yeah, and I
1: love when artists do that when they'll take, let's say, a real figure in history or a real crime boss or whatever it is, and sort of like act as a role, act as them, like we saw Sky Zoo do, um, with the album that he dropped in 2023. Well, could
0: you say Jay Z did that on American Gangster, let's say, with Frank yeah. Lucas to a certain extent? He did that extent? as well, there, yeah. Th- that's an album where I feel like he fully, per- like, because also I believe American Gangster dropped in 2007, right. Yep, and then after that, American Gangster with Denzel Washington. That movie like, also came out in 07. I think it was 2007. Yeah. So I think maybe it was like kind of like a company yeah. type of thing with it.
1: Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, uh, the Mind of a Saint is the name of the Sky Zoo album as well. If you guys that was an incredible that. album. It but was. Luke, give me your next recommendation. My next recommendation is gonna be Prom Slash King by Saba, and incredible. This is one of my favorite storytelling tracks ever. And I think the reason for that is the fact that it does stem from a lived experience. And I'm not trying to throw any shade towards, you know, fictional stories like Stan or see so yeah, They're any less impactful. But knowing that every single word that Saba is speaking is the truth, um, it just makes the story a little bit more riveting for me. And um, another reason why I wanted to bring this one is, is the fact that I feel like there hasn't been a storytelling song to come out since that has been better than Prompt Slash King, which came out in 2018 off of Care For Me. So I completely agree. it's a seven-minute song with two parts. The first one has a simple and mellow piano-driven instrumental with a groovy bass line. Mm-hmm. And the second half has these rattling snares and these horns and these strings that sound a bit more upbeat. But I love the way that the production also affects the storyline and the narrative because if you go to that second half, as Saba's story is intensifying and you're reaching that dramatic climax... The drums are being struck Faster and faster And faster And it just The juxtaposition of that With the story reaching its close I I
0: love it when that happens By the way when When a song is able to shift In production tone as the writing, let's say, gets a bit deeper or it gets a bit softer or as if like you're getting to the climax of the. song. It's story. masterful. That's Absolutely. when all
1: parts of a song are working together. That's when you know there's true craftsmanship at play. So the song's about a 16-year-old Saba who has his high school prom. It's coming up. He can't find a date. His cousin Walter sets him up with a girl. Um, and then that girl's brother ends up threatening Saba, putting a knife to his neck. He decides to not get it, let anyone get involved. And the second half is about Saba's relationship with his cousin Walt and the different violent altercations and situations that transpired in walt's life um, i don't want to say more than that you'll have to go through the rest of the song to really see how it all unfolds honestly i'll be honest it is a tragic story if you've gone through the care for me album this is really um, i would say the piece of the puzzle that connects everything for you um, and really shows you how much of a close relationship saba had with his cousin walt um, who was also a member um, of pivot gang as well but um, incredible song, I love the seriousness of the subject matter, but what's cool is that like there's also these funny candid moments. Like for example, on the night of Sabba's prom, he takes you through the scene where mm-hmm. like his grandfather walks up to him hands him a condom and, and says absolutely
0: nothing hands him the condom walks away And it, it was just- I love that because those like types of literal moments within a song could add just so much value for the world building and I feel like that makes stuff you feel that, more authentic yeah, absolutely those types of things really do add value so yes Lou's recommendation is completely valid please go I mean, if you've kind of been in the hip-hop Twitter community... I feel you like know this, about this song. Yeah, this has been championed for years at this point. So, um, W of a recommendation, but I want to bring in another one. This is going to be from Little Sims off of Sometimes I Might Be Introvert. W. This is going to be Little Q Part 2. Um, and the Part 1 does play into the Part 2. It's just, it's a bit shorter of a track. Almost feels like an interlude, and it leads into the Part 2. But this is interesting because this is another type of storytelling track from you, where this is taking sort of like a social and political stance through the perspective of her family member, which ends up becoming her cousin. So her cousin grew up in South London, Little Simms' cousin, of course, and she grew up in North London. And basically, the entire basis of the story is giving you... Um, his perspective from growing up in South London and the type of environment that surrounds him and I'd like you guys to go through the writing as well I think I give you guys a good description of what the story actually entails um, but talking about masterful production completely produced by Inflow and there's this sort of emotional depth to the production that I really like that allows you to really concentrate on Simbi's words and even at that, I remember going through my first listen, this was one of the first standout tracks on Sometimes I Might Be Introverted, and might just well be the best written track on the entire album, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, it's a perfect track, and I think it's going to offer you guys a different type of perspective when it comes to hip-hop storytelling, because... Not only is it different that it's being told from a different perspective, um, which is her family member, but it offers you also social consciousness and political consciousness as well and allows you to dive into a different um, type of environment as well. So one of my favorite storytelling tracks of the entire decade was one that I thought about as soon as we did this episode and definitely a recommendation for you guys. And furthermore, it could be your entrance into this album if you haven't listened to it already. Yeah, man, that
1: that track run, the album starts off introvert, woman, two worlds apart. I love you, I hate you. Then you get a little cute part one and two. Like, it's just... It's one of the best starts to an album ever, to and be honest. And what's interesting is Crazy. that
0: Sims actually went on to a... Um, like, she went on kind of like a little... Uh, not a little rant, but an explanation about the song itself and explained why she wrote it. And um, says, luckily enough, my cousin did not pass away, but not everyone's that lucky. He explained, like, the sort of context of just becoming another statistic when there's much more to life than just that. And it was interesting because, like, in the song, you could feel... Well, throughout the album she's like explaining her perspective entirely right like growing up in north london and the experiences that she had to deal with as a woman let's say right but what's interesting about this song is that it's like one of the only contrasts if you could say that from her own perspective so it's a really nice contrast when you have to look at it from an album like an album basis so there's so much dimension to this song um just beautiful as a whole and one I wanted to bring in today. So have fun with it, guys. Yeah, whole
1: album, guys. If you haven't checked out Simbi, um, definitely one of the best in recent memory. But what's interesting that I'm noticing is that I feel like a lot of storytelling songs, especially in hip-hop, are always crime-related. Like, most, the, the most interesting ones are often um, have to do with either street violence or drug dealer's tales or something along those lines. But you know what I like about that? Because,
0: because we all know, and, and this has been said by record labels and artists for years and years, um, drugs, violence, and sex sell super well in music, right? But when someone's able to take that but flip it into a positive notion and just not maybe use it as your standard run of the mill hip hop song like a lot of the artists that we're bringing in now do, mm-hmm. um, it's always incredible and it offers a new and fresh perspective that not many rappers are able to tap into. Because to be able to write this type of shit, you have to be a top tier lyricist. You do. Between you and I, listen to the artists that we brought in today there's no one here that's a crappy lyricist or that doesn't have any sort of lyrical depth. To be able to tap into this type of lane... You have to be a wordsmith. You have to be able to paint a story and you have to be able to tap into some emotional depths that not a lot of rappers are able to do. Absolutely. And make it sound good as well. Yeah. So I
1: just mentioned 2018 before, so I'll piggyback off of that. The next song that I have is going to be Blue Laces 2 by Nipsey Hussle off of Victory Lap. Oh, what This is a part two off of the Blue Laces series. The first one was released on the Marathon uh, Mixtape and if you know both songs, you know that they actually took the original sample, used it for the part two, sped it up a little bit um, and yeah, I mean listen, the first two verses, what's interesting about this one is that unlike a lot of the other songs that I have on my list, the first two verses of this song don't necessarily follow along with the tale of the third verse but they do have a correlation in the sense that the first two verses, you have Nipsey Hustle talking about how he's trying to be a leader in his community, you know, take a role in the city council meetings that are going down and also, um, you know, representing his own culture and the idea of blue laces, the idea of, You know, dressing up and having that aesthetic that represents where he came from and his ties to a certain gang, which was the Crips, when he was growing up. And what's interesting is that the third verse of the song is about a real-life moment where Nipsey was involved in a shootout and his friend ended up getting hit. And it's pretty much a play-by-play of everything that happens after his friend gets shot and what they plan to do with what they have in their truck how to get you know his friend to safety and how to get make sure that he lives the jokes that he's cracking to keep his spirits up it just feels very candid it feels honest and some people will say that like the third verse is somewhat misplaced within the song but um it it should have been you know it, it was very useful just because in the first two verses Nipsey is rapping about the luxuries that come with his lifestyle and the things that he had to overcome and then also, the life that he left behind in order to make this exchange for this new life, it's relevant and it's connected because he's showing you you know, where he came from in comparison to where, is where he's at now. So it was just a full circle moment for Nipsey. Um, fantastic song, and like I said, that third verse will give you chills. It's really uh incredible. It's super well-written, and
0: it's also super relatable in the way that he wrote it, too, because it's not a complicated no, story to not follow not complex as well. lyricism, just yeah. straightforward. You think uh, one of the best songs off Victory Line? Absolutely,
1: bro. One of Nipsey's best songs
0: ever. I think it's even better than the OG Blue Laces, for sure. All right, let me continue on with this. Let me go on to um, a bit more of an obvious recommendation, but what I, one that I really wanted to bring into this conversation, because... If you guys have been following my patterns throughout this episode, I've tried to bring in different storytelling songs that bring in a different type of use. And this one brings in the motivational use. So like you were saying, Lou, at the beginning of the episode, whenever an artist is able to, let's say, tap into a certain type of mode and bring in a relatable story for you to be able to relate to, and then after that, use that for your own motivation or for your own entertainment, I find that always valuable. And this is going to be The Ride by Drake, um, one of my favorite ever to- storytelling songs in the genre. Just because not only does it talk about the come up of one of the most iconic careers that rap music has ever seen but there's a load of relatability um on my end and as you go through every single verse it is so well written so basically there's three verses to the song and each and every single verse represents a different stage in his come up and within his career and then obviously as you continue to go through the entire song once you reach on to verse number three that's where he's currently at in life and then just talking about the subtleties that he's been seeing in Toronto and I think that this is sort of the thing that holds closest to me as far as a storytelling song as well, because I'm Canadian, and to be able to see a come up story like this has never been seen from my country um, as far as like as an iconic career goes, um, except with the exception of like The Weekend, let's say, or Celine Dion and um, Brian Adams. Like you have your come up stories, but the way that Drake was able to kind of personify that within this song is so raw, it's so genuine, and even like in the first like verse where you have him. Talking about like taking his mom's credit card to be able to like rent stuff or like let's say being able to keep up with a certain lifestyle to be able to manifest what would come into his life further down the line. I find that so interesting and it adds so much depth to what he's already done with his within his career and when we talk about storytelling tracks, I feel like people don't give him the credit for this song
1: because... Yes, it's not he's not a master storyteller though just to be honest I feel like yes this is a great showcase of his storytelling ability but if you do look at his entire catalog you're not often getting these No, types of absolutely tracks, not
0: know? but for this song in particular Yeah there's very few tracks in hip-hop that are written this way because it's so relatable and it plays so close home to Drake. And um, even at that, the production by Doc McKenney and even The Weeknd is absolutely incredible throughout. And you have The Weeknd on the hook. It's just such a sick hook, bro. It's beautiful. Uh, it's incredible. Such a triumphant song. So much to go through. And I think it's actually one of the least streamed songs in his entire catalog, which is incredible to think about as well. So it's incredibly underrated so I wanted to bring in that as well yeah
1: and Drake has a lot of those not storytelling cuts but a lot of those come up type songs but this is definitely one of the best examples of that and that's sort of the reason why I found Away From Home a little bit overrated just because I feel like he was telling me a version of a story that I already heard before just with less less interesting production and yeah I don't know that song just has no replay value for me when I have certain songs in the catalog like something like The Ride so Um, That's how I feel about that. But um, yeah, let me go to something way more low-key. Let me sort of do a polar opposite, a 180 from where you were landing. Um, Let me go to 12 Hours by Chez Noir. So Apollo Brown and Chez Noir were a match made in heaven when they collabed for their album, As God Intended, which came out in 2020. And one of the standouts that I've still remembered over these years is the song 12 Hours and production is very interesting you have some of the most unique strings that I've heard on a hip-hop song you have this grainy and scratchy sound of like these vinyl scratches Um, it has this old aesthetic to it and what's interesting is that there's a steadiness to the production and to her delivery and flow all the way up until you get to the ending of the song and there's a major reveal so one of my favorite aspects of any hip-hop song are the left turns are the twists and turns that a song and a story could take you on and something that plays with your expectations and that's exactly what this song does for me similar to a song like Dance with the Devil in that similar sense Um, so the story is about Chez Noir who wants to go out um, hit the town go to a club with her friend and she asks her man to come with her he's busy working late so she goes to the club with her friend Um, her friend has to go to the the washroom while she goes to the washroom, um, her friend's phone rings. Shay Noir picks it up, sees that it's her man that's calling. Um, then she doesn't answer. He sends a text. The text says um, something along the lines of, keep this a secret, come over tomorrow. We got to do it while she's at work. So it's an insinuation that her friend is maybe cheating. Sorry, that her man is cheating on her with her close friend. And I'll leave it at that. That's sort of the setup of the story. Um to find out more about where the story goes and how it unravels and the crazy twist there is, you'll have to actually listen to the song. Um, but yeah, it's one of those stories that are unbelievable and I'll be honest, over the years and it hasn't had the utmost replay ability for me but it's one of those tracks where when I first heard it, I was so shook by it that I had to spin it like 3-4 times over um, just to see if I missed any elements of the story and to hear how it played out because it really does play with your emotions. So. It's one of those songs where you have to hear it at least once if you're a fan of storytelling
0: in the genre. Yeah, th- that's just such a fun album to go through as a whole. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, great. The, the, the writing is so rich. And you know what Shane Noir is able to do as a pensmith is just absolutely incredible. But okay, I'm going to bring in uh, maybe one or two more at this point in the episode. Yeah, i got a couple go- more too. Yeah, so I'm going to go on to Stillmatic track number six. And this is going to be Rewind. Oh, I have this na- too. Okay, so let's nice. talk about it, man. So, um, obviously, like, I was thinking about this, or I Gave You Power, right? Or You could even go New York State of Mind, but... But this is the more slept-on one, maybe. Th- this is the more slept-on one. And I even think, as far as, like, page view goes, on, on like, Genius... 100K or something? Yeah, n- no one really yeah. taps into this as they should. And, like, this is kind of like Nas' memento, to a certain extent, because if you guys pay attention to the only verse, which is on the track itself, um, this story is actually told in reverse. But what's so interesting is that It's told in reverse, but you only pick up on it once you get into, like, the fourth line. I'll split a a story backwards. It starts at the end. And, like, you don't necessarily pick up on that until you get towards the end of the verse. And like, the fuck did I just hear? So, Lou, you want to go through the synopsis a bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, the song is amazing. I mean, what's cool is that, like Ath was saying, you're literally hearing a story unravel in a backwards order. And what's crazy is that Nas manages to tell you the story in two minutes which is a big oddity for like these masterclass storytelling tracks because most of them are usually four or five minutes plus. Yeah, you need a lot of run time. He accomplished so much in such a, sw- a short amount of time. And um, yeah, I just love the fact that it's a challenging song. It's one that you have to pay attention to. It's one that you have to listen to multiple times because um, he's obviously recounting the story in English, but there's certain parts, especially for the dialogue, where you'll hear a line like, um, Jungle said, block on enemies the... Where it's really about like the enemies on the block, and you have to sort of twist the words around in order to really know what he's saying when he's, you know, rapping in that reverse order. So it's cool that you have a song that'll give you that extra challenge and have you give it multiple listens mm-hmm. to really, you know, unravel what it's all about. So incredible song, one of the most creative concepts for a storytelling song ever. And that's what really sets Nas apart from everybody else is that looking at what he did with. Rewind, looking at what he did with I Gave You Power where he's personifying a gun or where he personified rap beef on King's Disease 3. No one else is really doing that kind of shit.
0: No, absolutely not. And obviously, guys, go through I Gave You Power and the other like iconic storytelling tracks in Oz's catalog. But Rewind, I feel like, is a necessity for any hip-hop fan just because there's such a different twist to the song itself. And as far as a format goes and the way that the song is structured itself, it's so unique in comparison to everything else that the genre has to offer. Especially, like you were saying, Lou, only being two minutes long practically and the only verse of the song being in rewind then you know you having to kind of come up with a dialogue for yourself in certain instances yeah. so w for rewind Absolutely. um i'll go on to another one man let's go into immortal technique dance there we the go devil. yeah it, how could we not how could like how could we ever do an episode like this and not talk about dance with the devil it's one
1: of the first rap songs i ever heard all jokes aside it is is,
0: really it's one of the bro it's okay hold on i think it's two different parts with the first part having four different verses and then the second part having another two different verses (laughs) yeah how long is the song i think it's like eight minutes plus is it that
1: i feel like it's like six minutes let's see let's see the runtime on dance with the devil um it could be eight minutes though yeah there's definitely a lot of fucking substance in that track um so it is wow it's nine and a half minutes whoa yeah so you have two different
0: parts of the song it's like a whole
1: album in one fucking song like there's a lot of meat to it
0: i i really like i have a hard time listening to this song bro like i I never listen to
1: this like i only listen to it if i'm showing the song to somebody that's never heard it because again this falls into that bracket of like you have to hear this bro
0: at least one time. You have to. It's really... It's an incredibly written song. And Immortal Technique just does not hold back on this. Um, there's an incredible twist at the end of this song that will Did you was, see the best twist in, in any hip-hop song yeah, ever? Yeah, because you never yeah. see it coming. Yeah, And it's so well-planted, too. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. it. It will ruin the entire song
1: if someone ever heard it. I saw a little interview of Immortal Technique talking about the track, and he's like, it's not something that happened to me, but this is an actual story that was sort of... Um, a mythical tale that was going around in his hood, where like it was a sto- it was a ca- kind of a cautionary tale to get kids out of the streets and to not make them deal drugs. Oh, and it may or shit. may not have been reality, but it was just one of those street tales that generations would pass down further and further um, as a cautionary tale. So, yeah, really, um, some of the best writing, and like Ant said, one of the most interesting plots. One point three million. Views views, on Genius
0: No kidding How could you like Not hear this song You know It's uh It's giving me goosebumps Now that we're speaking about it Shit gives you nightmares bro That that gave me nightmares As a kid bro Like you you feel like crying You feel like crying at the end of the song, bro. Oh, it's pretty fucked. Yeah. It, it is. It's a really fucked song, man. It it's is a really fucked song. So, guys, go through it. I don't want to give you guys nightmares, but I definitely think it's a recommendation when understanding um, storytelling in hip hop. Do you think that would you put this as the greatest storytelling song ever in hip hop? Mm, the greatest. The emo- ever. Think about the emotional depth. Think about like the lead in. Think about everything. Everything considered. Ah, it's up there with the Sing About Me. I don't get it. A is fuck.
1: no, it is. I, I think that. The realness of the track. What's lacking a little bit for me, again, is the accessibility of it. But in terms of like, yeah, if you want it to be a hard ass and just analyze the track itself, there's not too many flaws within it. It flows super well. Every single line um, gets you even more intrigued than you were with the last line. Um, So, yeah, no. And even the vocabulary use. Yeah, it's pretty much one of the best storytelling tracks ever. So definitely merits a place on our list but let me go through another one the next one that I have is going to be Tony's Story by Meek Mill and what's interesting about this placement the reason why I really wanted to bring it in is that usually us hip-hop fans we don't really associate Meek Mill with story excuse me with storytelling songs but this is one off of Dream Chasers one of the fan favorite Highly praised Meek Mill project, and what's interesting about this is that, like I said, it comes totally out of left field because you're getting a young Meek Mill with an in-depth storytelling track that's produced by Jalil Beats, who was behind you know Hot Boy from Bobby Shmurda. So it's like, what the fuck? What what world is this coming from? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the first installment out of the Tony Story trilogy. Um, there's three installments in all, and there's a fourth one on the way. At least that's what Meek Mill rapped at the end of Tony Story 3, which was on DC4. But Meek Mill is telling us the story from a third-person point of view. And it sounds like he was closely watching the characters that are at play, which involve Tony and Ty, who are friends that turned on each other when the drug business went a certain way. And it's a story about, you know, the themes of betrayal and loss um, and revenge. And I don't want to say too much else, but yeah, Meek Mill's... Ability to tell the story to give you um, You know these lines that hit on emotional levels like you'll actually feel empathy for these characters You'll feel like you know who these characters were by the end of the song like he did a really good job Of giving you an inside scoop on the situation and like I said these moments don't come too often in Meek's catalog So I do appreciate them when they're here and Tony's story to me is Is definitely one of the best of the 2010s decade, um, despite it coming from someone we don't expect to hear it from. So, had to throw that in there.
0: That's W. I'm actually going to go, I've never bumped it before. Yeah,
1: you got to go through the whole series because it follows along. Tony Story 1, 2, and 3.
0: Really well done. Okay. Yeah. Fire. All right. Last recommendation for myself for today's episode. And this is going to be Lights, Please by J. Cole. Um, One of those songs that actually put him on the map. So, when uh, J. Cole was being interviewed about this track, he said that it was actually the song that got him uh, that got the attention of Jay Z, and was really like, "Wow, you're an incredible writer." And while yes, the song is not necessarily the greatest like storytelling song of all time, it basically tells a story of like a young ignorant woman and the phases that she goes through her life. So. Yes, it is extremely profound and that's something that I feel like you guys might be able to relate to um, and something that you guys might be able to go into and it offers maybe a different perspective from the storytelling tracks that I gave before this one. But I think it's also interesting um, to see where J. Cole kind of like catapulted. And, like, what was that one song that grabbed the intention of the industry? Um, he legitimately said that this is one of his favorite songs that he's ever written. Um, it comes off of the warm-up mixtape, um, his first-ever mixtape in his catalog. And just an incredibly written track that goes into a lot of emotional depth. Um, just talking about all of the t- types of different things that come with a young woman having sex and her working the streets. And it really depicts, depicts that story really well. And I believe it's only... Um. yeah it's only two verses long but what's interesting is that there's a long extended outro where J. Cole takes some run time to speak so you guys might want to go through that and uh, just gain some knowledge from J. Cole and go through it and enjoy it and if you are a J. Cole fan and you never heard this song it's extremely important to his catalog what's
1: fun about this song too is that like not many storytelling songs have catchy ass hooks and this one has that Um. so again in terms lights, of the, please, the accessibility lights, factor the that's it so uh, it even has that like radio you know friendly hook which is cool um but was warm up the first mixtape or was the come up before i think the come up might have
0: been the first one right um if i'm not mistaken let me go through J. cole's catalog yeah. i feel like when we, i feel like when we did our when we did our we our never, ranking we never for, did the discography ranking for no cole. but we, when we did a ranking all of his songs oh, we, started, yeah. at we right? started at the warm up we started at the warm up i think the come up yes was the come up volume right? 1 in 2007
1: yeah it's just a very like lesser known project that i like i feel like even J. cole fans low key don't count it but well, no, because um, you have dead presidents on there as well. You do, yeah. You have Simba and all. There's, there's definitely great songs on it. But I just Dollar in a like Dream is uh, big. School days. It's not as celebrated, I guess, as the warm-up or as Friday Night Lights. But all right, I'll go through one more, and then we'll go through some mini games. But uh, next song is gonna be Claudine by Rome Streets and Ransom featuring Shane Noir. Um, this is off Coup de Grasse, 2021 collab album mm-hmm. between. Um, excuse me, between Ransom and. Um, Rome Streets and productions outstanding on this old vintage beat, grainy, um, dusty piano, mafioso-esque strings. And what's cool about this one is the fact that most storytelling songs are told by one perspective. They're told by one solo rapper, usually there's no features, but here you're hearing from three different characters and you're seeing how their worlds all blend together and how their stories overlap and that's what I find really interesting about it. And what's also really cool about the dynamic of this song is the fact that um, it's super engaging because, yes, there's three rappers that are performing over it, but there's a total of eight different verses. So they're going back and forth, sharing one perspective at a time until it all comes um, to a joint conclusion. Um, And it's pretty much about a lady of the night named Claudine, which is played by Shay Noir, and her relationship with an ex-boyfriend and a drug dealer and... Um, Just the madness that ensues is what you have to look forward to before going into this track, but um, like I said, there's definitely a lot of value in here, and it's unlike a lot of other rap songs that we brought into the storytelling front just because you have those multiple perspectives and um, the quick fire versus so that's a big standout but uh, yeah let's play some mini games before we actually wrap this one up the first one that I wanted to do is talk about Kendrick just because as we mentioned Kendrick a bit earlier when it comes to Sigma about me, I'm dying of thirst the yeah. art of peer pressure Keisha's song how much a dollar cost it is a staple within his catalog to have these storytelling cuts so we didn't really want to bring them in as recommendations but we did want to rank them for you guys so how many, let's say, iconic ones do we have? What I have listed is Keisha's song, The Art of Peer Pressure, mm-hmm. Sing About Me, How Much a Dollar Cost, Duckworth, and We Cry Together. I know there's a couple others that can kind of qualify, Fear. like Mother I Sober, Fear, but they're not like through and through. Fear's a storytelling song. It's three different perspectives of it his is. entire life. Yeah, It is, but it's more like... Philos—it's more like philosophy-driven, and like this is where I'm at. Especially in the last verse, where he's talking about like the present-day Kendrick.
0: I, I disagree because when you go through the three verses, in the first verse, you have him taking on a different perspective, um, and you have like you have the literary technique of flashback. You do that as well on the second verse, where he's playing a 17-year-old version of himself and going through it. And like I understand the point of view where it's like it's based on philosophy and him kind of looking back. But and it's like, also a
1: fragmented story. But, you know?
0: but it's a fragmented story. But you could also just picture Kendrick as seventeen years old, like sitting on his couch thinking about these things. It's kind of like leaping as a timeline goes. I would say it's a we storytelling. could consider it. I guess. I guess we can. Yeah, consider I would it. put that in there for sure. Um,
1: I don't feel like it's like a, a clear narrative the way some of these other ones are. But yeah, I'm gonna put fear in it. Uh, do you want to put Mother I sober or no? Uh,
0: yeah, th- that would probably be a again
1: more, more of a loose storytelling cut.
0: It's still, but it, yeah, but at, a whole at that play- point
1: there'd be like 15 other songs we could throw in here. That's why I'm kind of being a bit more strict with it in terms of what qualifies. Well, what, what else?
0: Yeah, but then what else would you play?
1: <sighs> um, what else could you throw in there? Um, you could low key put Charain in there. Like that's what I'm saying. There's a there's a couple other like loose storytelling cuts that would then fit the bill. Um, okay, we could play with those ones though. How about Immortal man? yeah i mean listen half of that track is like a tupac interview though you know what i mean it's like but that's what's so interesting about it i know i just i, I don't i, 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 I just tupac don't tupac deem interview. that as a storytelling track when half of the song is an old interview okay fine yeah you no know? problem no problem um okay so yeah let's just go based on what, what we have here so keisha's song art of peer pressure sammy dot how much a dollar cost fear mother i sober duckworth and we cry together um i feel like we cry together is probably the bottom of that list yeah. even though like it's cool to get that dialogue mm-hmm. we cry together at the bottom um what would go right above it second to second to last what would you say um probably mother i sober
0: yeah i'd probably put mother i sober there where are we at right now what other songs do we have we got fear we got we um how much a dollar cost sing
1: about me Art of pure pressure Keisha's song i think i would go keisha i would go song. keisha song next yeah even though
0: it's a phenomenal phenomenal track um after that, I'd prob- I think I'm going to go with The Art of Peer Pressure. I'm going to go The Art of Peer Pressure next. But yeah. is this based on song quality or the storytelling and the impressiveness of it?
1: I think both. Everything everything considered. Okay. Um. um next up, there's Duckworth, How Much a Dollar, Fear. Uh, probably How Much a Dollar. Uh, how Much a Dollar costs, right?
0: Hold on. We have How Much a Dollar costs. Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, Fear, and what was the Last One. That's it. No, we only have three options left? There's three left. Yeah. No, you said one more.
1: Uh, Art of Peer Pressure, Keisha, me. How Much a Dollar Cost, Fear, Mother Rice Sober was played. Uh, Duckworth is still in. in yeah, in, you have Duckworth. So Duckworth is probably next. Over, over. I think How Much mm, a Dollar Cost is better than Duckworth. Ah.
0: No. Oh, it's no tough, way. bro. No way. Duckworth is really a crazy fucking turn. And
1: the production's better as well. Okay, fuck it.
0: it. Nah, I don't know, though. How Much a Dollar Cost is really up there in his catalog for me.
1: I know. All right, whatever. Just for the sake how of the ranking. How Much a Dollar than Duckworth, Duckworth. on top. Then we could do, um, we have left, Sing About Me, Fear, and is that it? That's it, yeah. Well, I, I guess you would go Fear on top of I'd Sing go About Me? It. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so um, our lists are Ant has number one, Fear, I have Sing About Me, number one. Down collectively, we have Duckworth 2, How Much A Dollar, 3, 4, The Art of Peer Pressure, 5, Keisha Song, 6, Mother I Sober, 7, We Cry Together. Let us know how you guys would rank those, but any other mini-games or... Is that it? Yeah, let's just do like a little quick... Uh, so King, King of the, of the Hill. Hill? King of the Hill. Based on what? All-time storytelling cuts or the ones that
0: we brought in? As a storyteller. As a storyteller. Uh, the rappers... Oh, like all rappers time. as storyteller. Yeah, rappers as storytellers. Okay, so let's start off with... Ken. And, and, and this is... Okay, wait, hold on. But this is not like... And this is not going to be the longest minigame because there's only like a certain amount that I could really run through. Uh, But this would be like... Not based on their catalog or total artistry. Based on their storytelling ability. Based on their storytelling ability, yeah? All right, ready? Yeah. First one Eminem versus Kendrick. Oh, I knew you were going to go there to start. I'm going Eminem. All right, Eminem goes on to the next one. You, you agree? Uh, it's tough. That's a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to just because I feel like there's so many different angles at which he like kind of takes with the storytelling. And even I. when
1: like all else fails in Eminem's recent music, he still has the storytelling bag that he'll fucking Absolutely. execute on.
0: All right, so now we have Eminem versus Lupe Fiasco. Eminem versus Lupe. The Cool
1: is actually a song I was thinking of bringing in. So many other great ones, too. I'm still going to go Eminem.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Eminem goes on. Okay. Eminem versus Slick Rick. Originator. Oof. I'm still going Eminem. Slick Rick has a couple of great ones, but Eminem. Absolutely. Eminem versus Nas.
1: Oof. I'm still going Eminem. No, no way. Eminem. Yeah, Eminem's going oh, too. It's still tough.
0: Okay. How about Eminem versus Biggie? Storytelling. One. I, I
1: got a story to tell, is another one I wanted to bring in here incredible like the, the whole Knicks player storyline
0: yeah that's crazy I was uh, even thinking about maybe doing the warning as
1: well yeah the warning is a great one too uh, Eminem all right and last one for today is Eminem versus Tupac as a storyteller Eminem yeah M- Eminem is the GOAT storyteller you I really think like think he, he would is. be like the, your GOAT storyteller Eminem Kendrick and Nas would be my top three I really believe that's where I would uh, I would cap it off what I about cap, you yeah
0: it's, I think so even Biggie's super underrated for storytelling he is He is. I just feel like when you get into a storytelling bag, let's say, apart from something like I got a story to tell, it's a bit looser of a Mm -hmm. concept, if that makes sense to you. Whereas if, let's say, you get Eminem, you get Nas, or you get a Kendrick... That's really like that's where you're getting the, the tight story narratives and everything. Yeah, because like how many perfectly. I got a story
1: that tells and like suicidal thoughts do you have, right? That's, that's, that's very that's true. Thing.
0: Absolutely. You have some really, even something like The Warning, for example. I was just going through the narrative. Yeah, right. the ones that. you have
1: are great, but I guess there isn't maybe the volume that you'll find in like an Eminem catalog, maybe.
0: Yeah, but he just approached this catalog in a much different way than yeah. let's say, the artists we just mentioned. But guys, I think that's gonna round up today's episode it was incredible talking to today lou about these incredible storytelling songs songs that defined the genre songs that brought a lot of richness to the genre and even maybe songs that you could say like would end up in the top ladder of the best hip-hop songs ever created because this is a genre that really focuses on writing Mm -hmm. and when that's the case well storytelling songs will always be at the forefront of that when it comes to quality so guys let us know in the comments what is your favorite storytelling song of all time? Maybe leave us a little, a little bit like of a, a synopsis if you can, just so like yeah. maybe if it's a, a storytelling song we never heard before, well, we'll get like maybe a little movie title description from you guys. But thank you so much for the recent support um, on the podcast, as I was saying um, before, it's incredible to see you guys come in every single week and offer us this kind of support. And as I mentioned again, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you guys access your audio experiences. Lou. Any final words?
1: As always, guys, thank you for tuning in and... Any ideas that you guys have for upcoming episodes, if you have any concerns at all or any suggestions, guys, we're always open to hearing your feedback, so don't be afraid to get into contact with us, um, and thank you guys for being part of this community, like Alan was saying, the reception, you guys, so many of you guys show up every week for these audio episodes, you guys show up two, three, even sometimes four times a week for YouTube videos, and um, just you guys making sure that um, you know, you're know you staying updated with all the content means the world, and We hope that this episode delivered for you and we'll see you next Tuesday. Peace out, guys.